Good morning. Welcome to the Trent England Show. It is Wednesday. It is another deadline week in the Oklahoma State Capitol. Bills have to... So bills that have been introduced in one chamber, passed a committee in that chamber, then passed the floor in that chamber, so they go to the other chamber. So they, if they were in the House, they go to the Senate, vice versa. They now have to pass the committee by tomorrow in the other chamber. That's where we are in the Oklahoma legislative session. Also getting very close to uh, getting some more details on the budget and really beginning that process in uh, in earnest. But I've got a great story here that we've got to talk about. First thing, the teachers union that has perfected the art of the ripoff, the art of the uh, the, the racket of uh, planting a flag labeled education in its own corruption and uh, therefore extorting money from the public. Maybe you saw this. It was in the Oklahoma, and although it was an Associated Press story, and uh, glad to see the AP covering this. And it's an old, it's actually an old story. So, you know, maybe if you follow this sort of news, maybe you've seen this before. What, what teachers union has perfected the art of the ripoff? And it is the, uh, it is the teachers union in the country of Mexico, which, you know, <clears throat> I mean, there's all kinds of reasons to take interest in this. But one is just, I mean, this is, this is uh, it's a government school system. It's a teacher's union. And it is, uh, I mean, it, 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 in, in those ways, at least, um, not unlike what we have here in the United States. And uh, re- really, they're just, they're just more advanced than we are. So what's going on down there? What did the Associated Press report about these unions? Well, Mexico has a new president and uh, relatively uh, speaking, and uh, and he is trying to, just like Mexico's last president, uh, trying to improve education in Mexico. Now, I know, you know, if you just follow the liberal media, uh, this is, you know, may- maybe one of the reasons why the liberal media in the United States don't really cover very much news from the rest of the world, because if they did, you might realize that you're still actually very fortunate, very blessed to be born and uh, and to live in the United States of America. You might think that, you know, the U.S. has the worst education system in the world, but it turns out that's not even close to being true. And, I mean, Mexico's education system is a disaster. It's not just a disaster. It's an expensive disaster. And so this has been uh, the path to power, part of the path to power for uh, Mexican politicians, especially at the national level. They promised to sort all this out. What's wrong in, uh, in, Mexico, in, in education in Mexico? Well, I will, I'll read you a little bit of this. A federal audit of education, this is from the Associated Press, a federal audit of education spending in 2017 found... 141 phantom position. No, not 141 phantom. 141,265 phantom positions. 141,265 people being paid to educate kids in Mexico who don't even exist. Right? These people aren't even real. I mean, we're not talking about teachers who don't do the job, right? Or, or who aren't good at the job, or, or what? We're not talking about anything like that. We're talking about literally in Mexico. I mean, the unions have gone beyond just protecting people who do their jobs poorly. The unions are protecting jobs that don't exist at all. I mean, it's, it is straight up corruption and graft. And yet, I was I was doing some research into this yesterday. Cause I'm, I'm going to write a little piece for the Trending Let Show blog over at OCPAThink.org, and I will put this up. There are still defenders of this, right? I mean, this is my this is my point. I always make when we talk about this, right? 
is people say, well, you know, I've heard some people say that we shouldn't, that the, you know, the teachers unions are good and that we should just give them more money. And some people say if we just give them more money and we just, you know, do whatever the teachers unions want us to do, then, you know, everything will be fine. And, uh, and surely, you know, sure, these people aren't unreasonable, right? These people aren't unreasonable. Honest to goodness, right? You can, you can go, and these aren't just, you know, I'm not talking about just, uh, uh, you know, liberals in, liberal union supporters in Mexico. The nation, right? One of the premier far-left American, you know, U- United States publications, The Nation, uh, had an article from, uh, I think, last year defending teachers unions in Mexico and saying that, you know, they, they were these teachers unions that are standing up for graft, corruption. Uh, I mean, paying fake positions, right? I mean, all these things that, that, are, that are obviously, I mean, not just illegal and unethical, but obviously hurt kids, right, in schools in Mexico. I mean, if you're paying, if you're paying for 141,265 teachers who don't exist, obviously that hurts kids. Right, because I mean that's that's a lot of money. Um, that, that is, uh, and they also found they also found one hundred, uh, excuse me, one point three nine billion pesos, which is about seventy seven million dollars, in irregular payments from education funding, such as unusually high salaries and payments to non teaching union personnel. Now I don't that, that actually that line in this story struck me as unusual because uh, if you go and you read the contract for Oklahoma City Public Schools, uh, it. Uh, that contract actually guarantees that uh, that the school district will pay for non-teaching union personnel. It's actually negotiated. So I don't maybe maybe Mexico is actually better than us there. Maybe maybe in Mexico you're not actually supposed to uh, spend some of your education dollars on people who just work for the union and don't teach anybody or work in the schools in any capacity. Uh, I don't. I that 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 did catch my eye here. But. Uh, uh, I mean, there are also Jacobin magazine, which is even further to the left than the nation. Honest to goodness, there are people out there defending this system, and it 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 just proves our point, doesn't it? Right? I mean, this what's the defense of this? The defense of this is exactly the same thing we hear in Oklahoma. It's it's exactly the same thing. This is education, right? You you have if you're not willing to shut your eyes and repeat after them, more money to public schools is good. Right, more money to public schools is good. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna worry about how it gets spent. That's somebody else's job. Somebody else's job to figure out how to spend it. You got to leave it to the experts. Got to leave it to the union bosses. Leave it to the middle management. Right? It's not. It's not my job as a taxpayer. It's not your job as a state legislator. Or, or you know, it, it's it's not your job to ask questions about how they spend the money because. Somebody said this to me last night, and he's absolutely right. He said, he said, you can understand. He said, it's easy to understand where these people come from. Their position is, it's all their money. That's a, and this was, this was somebody here in, in Oklahoma City told me this. Uh, he said, no, it's, it's easy to understand. It's easy to understand the people who are arguing against, say, scholarship tax credits. Right? You just have to understand, from their perspective, all taxpayers' money is their money. It rightfully belongs to them. They're always going to argue for more of it. They're, they're always going to argue against being held accountable for how they spend it. And in Mexico, they're just a little bit more progressive than we are. That's all that's going on. I'll have the blog post with more details and some links up at the Trend English Show blog, which is over at ocpathink.org. You can just find it. We'll, we push everything out on the uh, Trend English Show Facebook page. You'll be able to find all of, all of that. One more story, then we're going to take a quick break. Um, 
Representative J.J. Humphrey has a piece in the Oklahoman today about corrections reform, and I was talking uh, with former State Representative Bobby Cleveland yesterday about all of this. And you know, so here here's something that conservatives get accused of all the time: you just want to starve government. You just you just don't you know you just want to starve government. You don't want government to exist at all. And this I mean this is this is the big straw man that the left creates all the time because the left has no real arguments and all their ideas fail. And so what they you know the only way they can have success is if they convince people that uh, that conservatives are actually anarchists and uh, which is absurd representative Humphrey uh, has an article laying out the situation in corrections in Oklahoma and I, I was I was thinking about this relative to this whole debate over teacher pay so we just gave teachers an average uh, it was a sixty one hundred dollar raise last year a big raise a lot of teachers in Oklahoma uh, make uh you know if, if you're if you're a senior teacher if you've been around for a long time and you you know there are plenty of teachers who live in some of the lowest cost of living areas in the country i mean you know oklahoma city where i live is one of the lowest cost of living big cities in the country but you know if you live outside of the city the cost of living is is even lower and uh and there are a lot of teachers who are some of the highest paid people in their communities which is not to say whether we should pay teachers more or less. And I have argued on this program that we should pay teachers more back before the raise. I mean, this is a big, you know, this is something that the Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs had argued for a long time. That, yeah, we needed to give teachers a raise. Uh, we also need to make sure that, that our public schools are actually doing a good job. We need to make sure that parents have choices, that children have other options, that children can go to whatever uh, educational environment works best for them. We need to do a lot of things in education, but that was, that was certainly in the mix. Well, now now we get uh, I mean, we get some of these details out of the Department of Corrections, and uh, and 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 look, I mean, if if we could just choose, right? If we could just live in a make make believe universe, and we got the only thing we had to do was schools, and we didn't need any prisons, that would be wonderful, right? We all accept that would be wonderful. That's not the world we live in. Oklahoma is the most incarcerated state in the country by population. That's something that the legislature needs to desperately work to change. I mean, we have got to change that. We can do better. You look around at other states. There are states with lower crime rates and fewer people in prison as a you know as a percentage of their population than Oklahoma. Surely we can do better in this regard. And there's a number of uh, measures, a number of measures that came out of the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday um, that were passed over from the uh, from the House. There's a lot of good things going on in the legislature in this regard. But uh, I mean, one of the points made by Representative Humphrey, one of the points made by uh, by uh, Bobby Cleveland to me yesterday is, you got these corrections officers. How much do they make? Right, they, a lot less than teachers. These these guys make thirteen dollars and seventy four cents an hour. Thirteen dollars and seventy four cents an hour to you know, not to, not to sit around for six hours a day with a bunch of fourth graders, which is, you know, which for some people is, you know, it, it, I mean, is a nightmare, right? I mean, some people that's that would be absolutely impossible to do. Uh, but I mean, these guys are sitting around with dozens or hundreds of people who are incarcerated for committing crimes, right? I mean, in some cases, people are truly dangerous. A lot of people who have have have. Uh, uh, mental problems and emotional problems, and I mean, this is not an easy job. And uh, it just—I I was reading this. I'm going to share this out on the Trent England Show uh, Facebook page, and uh, it was just a reminder. I mean, one of the problems in Oklahoma government—I've said this—I've said this so many times on the show, but I'm going to say it again—is that uh, two things, right? One is, and these things are related. One is that 
when when Oklahoma was run by the Democrats, this is not a partisan show, but th- these are just historical facts. When Oklahoma was run by the Democrats, they were rapidly accelerating the growth of government. You look under Brad Henry. I mean, you you look you look back before Frank Keating, and you you see the every time oil prices were good, every time revenues were good. That, that I mean, this is just what what Democrats do. It's what they did. Their foot is down on the accelerator as far as it can go, trying to grow government as much as possible because that's what they believe in. It, this is not you know. I think I think if we pulled a Democrat friend of mine in on the show, I mean that we I think they would they would. Admit that, right? That's they believe government should be bigger, and so they spend all the money all the time uh, to make government bigger on purpose, right? Republicans spend all the money all the time on accident. Now, I think it's going to be better this year, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, but Democrats do it on purpose, eyes wide open, and uh, uh, and the. The problem is when when governance in Oklahoma shifted from Democrats to Republicans. Republicans did a really good job slowing down the, and in some cases reversing, uh, the tax increases and the tax rates, um, although not so much in the, over the last year or two. But they did not do as good a job slowing down the growth of government and the growth of programs like Medicaid and the growth of things like incarceration. And so we have had government growing but we haven't had revenues growing. And, you know, look, I mean, we don't want revenues going up, right? What we want is to hold government, you know, to, to be, to be uh, as, as, as small as possible to do the core functions of government and then have the revenues to actually do that effectively. And uh, the problem is government in Oklahoma has, has continued to grow in many ways, and, uh, and, and yet Republicans have very successfully, and to their, to their credit, uh, before the last couple of years have actually slowed down and in some cases cut taxes. And that's a mismatch. And we have, we've got to do the hard work of things like criminal justice reform and education reform. The, the, other, the other problem is that a lot of Oklahoma government was designed, again, by the Democrats who ran it for a long, long time, almost a century. Uh, it was designed for patronage. Now, there's hard patronage and there's soft patronage. You know, hard patronage is where your party boss wins, and so everybody in government gets fired, you know, or everybody in some department or some set of positions, they get fired, and then people from, you know, who worked on that guy's campaign get brought in. Hard patronage doesn't exist very much anymore, right? But there's soft patronage. There's the patronage that says whether it is, whether it's in a government agency or, uh, or it is uh, uh, in, in a government program that creates dependence and creates constituents, there, there's the kind of uh, attitude that, uh, that you see at the Oklahoma Healthcare Authority's website, frankly, in, in some of the verbiage that they use, that government is all about pulling people in and that, and that the way a politician gains power and keeps power is by basically extending the tendrils of government to as many people as possible. And a lot of Oklahoma government, you know, it's sort of like, uh, sort of like the, you know, the the old uh, I'm gonna mess up the story, but the old the old story about uh, uh, the government project. I don't know if they were digging a digging a canal or, or something in some other country, and they're they're all using shovels. And uh, and somebody somebody comes comes along and says, well, you know, we could we could do this a lot better and a lot cheaper if we use bulldozers. And they say, no, no, we don't want to do that uh, because the objective is to to you know employ as many people as possible on this project, right? It's patronage. And a lot of Oklahoma government is is like that, where uh, it it is uh, it's very heavy on people, 
um, even where that's not the most efficient thing to do. But corrections is a place where you have to have prison guards. Uh, you you can't you can't really afford a lot of turnover in those positions. You need people who know how to do the job. We have real problems there. I'm going to share this out on the Trending Show Facebook page. And uh, Representative Humphrey's point is, I mean, look, it doesn't cost very much to give these guys a raise. There's not that many of them. And they're only making, you know, less than 14 bucks an hour. This is an area where uh, hopefully we can save some money in the long run with criminal justice reform, but you've also got to make sure that it's, that it is, uh, that it is, that they have the resources that they need to actually pay the people who actually do the work. So uh, there we go. I'm going to take a quick break. We've got uh, a few more stories to hit on this morning. An update on the uh, opioid shakedown, an an update uh, on the uh, fight against national popular vote and the defense of the Electoral College, and a couple of other stories here in the queue for you. But uh, let's grab a quick break here on the Trent English Show. Trey Gowdy. I can finally say it. It's former Congressman Trey Gowdy, who's going to be the featured speaker for OCPA's Citizenship Award Dinner this spring. For all the details, visit OCPAThink.org or call 405-602-1667. That's OCPAThink.org or by phone 405-602-1667 to sponsor a table or get tickets to Oklahoma's biggest conservative bash of the year. It's going to be Trey Bien. Hi, this is Curtis Sheldon at OCPA. It's state budget time, and you know what that means? A lot of confusing debates, questionable claims, and political jargon. If you want to know what's really going on, I've created some simple descriptions of the process, along with words you need to know and some basic charts and graphs. You can find it all on the OCPA webpage or the OCPA Facebook page. And if you have any more questions, feel free to send us a message at the OCPA Facebook page, and I or someone on our team will get back to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the Trent England Show. If you want to get more involved, sign up for OCPA emails at OCPAthink.org. That's OCPAthink.org. You can also join our private group on Facebook, the OCPA Patriots. Both provide exclusive content, including the latest OCPA research, and keep you in the loop with what's going on at the Capitol. Thanks for listening. Do you want to share an episode of The Trending the Show with friends? Or do you want to replay an episode or catch one you missed? You can get The Trending the Show anytime, anywhere on Facebook at The Trending the Show page, or follow me on Twitter at Trend England. You can also find the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and on the OCPA website at ocpathink.org slash show. Thanks for listening, and thanks for sharing. We're back on the Trending the Show. Glad to be with you this Wednesday morning. So, uh... Oklahoma Watch has a fun story about the uh, some of the attorneys in the opioid shakedown, and uh, we we mentioned this here on the program, but not they, they go into great detail about the question whether uh, you know one of the one of the attorneys. I mean, the, the attorney general's office just they just went out and chose. They said, uh, "Let's see, uh, we like you and you and you, and you guys are all going to make millions or even tens of millions of dollars off this lawsuit." No competitive bidding, no oversight, and one of the attorneys chosen is uh, 
former Oklahoma State Senator Glenn Coffey, who is uh, a buddy of Attorney General Mike Hunter's, who apparently, well, as far as Oklahoma Watch can tell, didn't do any work on the case, but stands to make $5.6 million. Not bad work, so to speak, if you can get it. So, uh, an update on the uh, National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. Uh, An unfortunate update here that uh, that bill is now moving in the state of Oregon, which had, I mean, it was Democrats in Oregon that had stood up against this. They stood up against other Democrats that were pushing this anti-electoral college measure for years and years and years. Uh, since uh, I mean, since I lived in Washington State, uh, they've been pushing this up there, and uh, finally looks like they might get it through Oregon. I mean, they're they're very close to having the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact passed in every Democrat trifecta state in the country. What is a trifecta state? That's a state where a party controls the governor's office, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. And uh, I mean, if you know, if if you're talking about Nebraska, I guess you have to talk about a. a a bifecta, but uh, every other state is a trifecta, and uh, and Democrats have uh, increased their number of state trifectas a little bit in the last election, um, and uh, and as I say, close close to they're not gonna they're not gonna get them all because they have uh, they have Maine and Maine has killed it as we reported here on this program, uh, but picking up Colorado, New Mexico, Delaware, potentially Oregon. Uh, hard to tell what's going to happen in uh, Nevada, National Popular Vote Interstate Compact pending uh, down there. Another new Democrat trifecta. But uh, it just it, it goes to the point that it is it is conservatives who have to stand up against this. I mean, look, we're talking about the Constitution. We, 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 I mean, this is pretty easy to understand. If we want to defend the Constitution, who's going to stand up for the Constitution? Conservatives are going to stand up for the Constitution. That's just the state of American politics today. Um, meanwhile, Bernie Sanders, Electoral College opponent Bernie Sanders, uh, said yesterday, a couple days, a couple days ago, here uh, in Iowa, that uh, states should be required to allow prisoners to vote from prison. And this is, this is a point I've made about the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. Right? It's, you think about think about this. You take uh, take two states side by side. One state run by conservatives who don't believe that voting in elections is some kind of, uh, uh, of human right, which it's not. It's a civil right. It's a civil right that should be designed to uphold our natural rights. That, that's, a, that's a longer story that maybe we'll talk about sometime over the summer on the Trent England Show when we start to wax philosophical. But uh, look, civil rights are designed to uphold our natural rights. But if you confuse them, you just get confused about rights and you can't have a meaningful conversation about rights. Bernie Sanders can't have a meaningful conversation about rights. Uh, frankly, because he doesn't, he doesn't really believe in natural rights. As a Marxist, he doesn't really believe in natural rights. He just believes in rights that come from government. Uh, but then, but, you know, but then they, they have to uh, they have to to still engage in all this high flute and talk as if, you know, as if there are they sort of kind of want to believe in the Declaration of Independence, uh, which is part of human nature. But uh, uh, anyhow, they just struggle for these poor Marxists out there. But you think about two states, two identical states. One is run by conservatives. One is run by the left. And uh, so the conservatives say, look, we don't want. We don't want felons voting, right? Like if you commit a felony, like you, you have removed your, I mean, the original definition of a felony is a crime punishable by death or by the, the cutting off of your rights in a way that is equivalent to death. You go back in Anglo-American, well, you go back in Anglo law, you go back in English law, that's the definition of a felony, right? So, so we say, 
uh, in accordance with our history and good common sense, if you commit a felony, you don't get to vote. You don't get to vote from prison. Maybe when you get out, we create a process where you can get, get your right to vote back. We just think that's bad. It's, you know, it, it's not just a sanction. It's just bad for society to have felons voting. And, uh, you know, we think you should have to be 18 to, to vote. And we think that you should actually vote in person at a polling place. And, uh, you know, in, in most cases, unless you have a real reason, right, we, we actually want to have secure, meaningful elections. And then the state next door, right, equivalent in all other ways, but it's run by leftists. And they say, no, we want everybody to vote. We want to have we want to minimize the checks on on voting. We want to uh, we don't want people showing ID. You can vote. You know, you can vote from home six months before Election Day. You don't even have to register. We're not going to check anything. We're just going to, you know, we, because because we love voting so much that we're going to make it an absurd irrelevancy. That's how much the left loves voting. Right. They want to make it an absurd irrelevancy and they what they want to make fraud as easy as possible because they love it so much. In a national popular vote interstate compact world, which state would have more political power? And if you've been following our conversations about national popular vote, you instantly understand the state run by leftists will have far more political power because, I mean, assuming it actually has gets more people to vote, right, the votes of those incarcerated felons, the votes of those people who just showed up on a bus that has out-of-state plates... Uh, right, those those votes are equal to the votes of people who are standing in line, showing ID, who you know haven't been robbing banks or killing anybody within the last couple of years, right? And and so I mean, national popular vote, interstate compact would create an incentive for states to have weaker election laws because it would reward states for having weaker election laws. And so it's no wonder that anti-electoral college Bernie Sanders is out there saying that felons should be allowed to vote from behind bars. One more story for the morning. Just a plug here. Uh, Jonathan Small, president of the Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs, who, despite being my boss, is also a nice guy, uh, has, has a great it's a great column. I mean, what I'm saying is I, I, I you know, I'm not... I am being paid to say that, but I'd say it anyway. And uh, uh, now Jonathan has a great column that's in the Oklahoman this morning uh, defending Kevin Stitt's appointment based on the words of uh, the uh, of the late Martin Luther King Jr., uh, who said, right, and Jonathan quotes it right up front, right, that, that uh, he, 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 his dream was to live in a nation where people are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Right. In other words, Ben Felder and, uh, you know, other leftists out there that have that have uh, gone after Governor Stitt's cabinet, because even though uh, his staff is majority female and even though, I mean, he has a lot of people from a lot of very diverse and different and interesting backgrounds in his in his cabinet, on his staff and his inner circle among his appointments, People on the left have still been attacking Governor Stitt because because there's not enough diversity, according to them. And Jonathan out there throwing the words of uh, Martin Luther King back in their face. And uh, it, I mean, I don't. I've just I'm excited that the Oklahoman ran this. And uh, I mean, we, we everybody needs to be standing up for Governor Stitt against attacks like that, which are just absurd and insulting to all of our moral intelligence. I'm Trent England. Thanks for being a part of the show today. We will be back. Tomorrow, we've got a lot to talk about this week, obviously, with it being uh, a, a deadline week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, in the Oklahoma State Legislature. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Talk to you tomorrow.